Hallelujah. Oh, he will not give up on you. Many times you want to give up, but he will not give up on us. With your Bibles and your electronics in your hand, if you can make this confession. Hallelujah. I want you to repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. My life will never be the same. After hearing the word of faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. We're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that paths. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Lord, I ask for forgiveness and cleansing. Lord, I hide behind the cross. I decrease that you might increase. Lord, I do not want to say any more than what you would have me to say or no less than what you would have me to say. Lord, let me preach as of the oracles of God. Anoint this, your vessel, anoint the hearers in the name of Jesus. We bind distractions and we command Satan <coughs> not to distract us in any way. And we take authority over his power and render him powerless. In Jesus' name we pray. And let God's people say amen, amen. and amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Well, a few months ago, the Spirit said to me, I have you in a holding place. <laughs> and I'm saying, hmm. And of course, when he mentioned the fact that he had me in a holding place, I began to search the scriptures to find, you know, scriptures relating to a holding place. And the first scripture that I found was, it was talking about Jesus's tomb, where he was buried. And I says, wow. And I know that when Jesus was buried, he was resurrected the third day. <laughs> so I said, but Lord, if you have me in a holding place, I'm inclined to believe my third day is coming. Hallelujah. I don't know when your third day will come. It might, make, it might take 10 years. Hallelujah. It might only take months. And it might only take weeks. But your third day will come. Now, all of us are in some type of holding place. You know, there are many of us in holding places. Our singleness could be our holding place. Your marriage could be your holding place. Your assignment, your education, your health, your finances, your relationships with your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your caregiving, and even your grief could be a holding place. But we are all in some type of holding place. And many times when we're in that holding place, like the song was just played, sometimes you want to give up. 
But God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above that we would even ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So then you have to ask yourself what kind of power is working in you. The Bible says as much that lies within you to live peaceably with all men. But when you find that you can't live peaceably with all men, you have to ask yourself the, the question, well, what lieth in me? Why is it that I can't live peaceably with all men? You have to, you know, like Psalm, like the David said in the Psalms, search me, O Lord. See if that be in the wickedness in me. So we have to find, you know, that we have to search ourselves. Before I came this morning, uh, my husband and I were listening to a Bible study, and they were talking about the sin nature. And that sin nature is going to always be with us. The only thing that's going to take control of that sin nature is the Spirit of God and what Jesus has already done on Calvary's cross. So we know that if you're in a holding place today, regardless of what your holding place is, you're going to come out. Joseph, 13 years in Egypt, a holding place. Moses in the wilderness, 40 years in a holding place. Hallelujah. And, and David running after, running from Saul for many years in a holding place. And even Paul himself went to Arabia three years in a holding place. But I want to tell you today that God, your resurrection day is coming from your holding place. Do you believe it? Yes. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? <laughs> A holding place causing or intended to cause a temporary stop or delay. That's a holding place. Scripturally, a holding place is nothing but a desert, a wilderness, a dry place. It is a place where you will encounter God in a spiritual renewal only if you learn to trust in him and believe he only has your best interest at heart. You know, many times we think the devil is always the one that's putting us in a holding place. But sometimes Jesus puts us in a holding place. Because there are things that he wants to build up in our character. Sometimes we think we got it all together, got it going on. But when, when, when test time comes, we realize that stuff is in us that should come out of us. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Many times we think we got it all together when we don't have it together. Sometimes there's a little bitterness in there. Sometimes there's a little hatred in there. And sometimes there's a little pride in there. And God has said, I want it out of you. So I have to put you in that holding place. It's in that holding place that you become the bride of Christ. It's in that holding place that you have encounters with Christ. It's in that holding place where Jesus talks to you. When the psalm says, I come to the garden alone, and he walks with me and he talks with me because you're coming alone with him. And it's in that holding place that Jesus will talk to you. It was a scripture, I believe, um, I forgot where it was, but it's one of the scriptures in the Old Testament where it said he, uh, he allured, I think it's in Hosea, where he allured Israel, Israel into the wilderness. And spoke to her carefully. Hallelujah. So God wants to talk to us while we're in that holding place. Hallelujah. So a holding place is nothing but a desert. 
It is a place where you will encounter God and a spiritual renewal only if you learn to trust in him and believe he only has your best interest at heart. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. The good, the ugly, and the indifferent are all working for our good. There are times in our life that the Lord wants to speak to us, but because we are so busy, he cannot get our undivided attention. And the busyness is not always physical, but it can be mental busyness. Have you ever tried to talk to someone and they are just showing you straight up, they're ignoring you? But guess what? They can still hear what you are saying. <laughs> they might be tuning you out, but they still have ears that they can hear what you are saying. They can dismiss it if they want to. However, distractions prevent us from giving our undivided attention to the messenger. These distractions can be in our thinking. Many times we are bombarded with negative thoughts about people, places, things, and situations. The way you think determines the way you feel. The way you feel influences the way you act. You sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. You sow a lifestyle and you'll reap a destiny. When you become overwhelmed in your thought life, you are not only in a holding place dealing with fiery trials and tribulations, but you are dealing with warfare in your mind. Therefore, you must do according to 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and 5. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, for who hath known the mind of, of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So when you are bombarded with thoughts and things are tormenting you in your mind, you have to know that you have the mind of Christ, but you have to pull down those thoughts and bring them into captivity to the obedience of God's word. God's word said those things that are pure and noble and honest and just, we're to think on those things. Some things might be true, but we don't have to think on those things. It might be true that you don't have the money to meet your bill, but we're not going to think on that. We're going to think on the fact that God's word says, but I shall supply. Hallelujah. Your need according to my riches in Christ, glory by Christ Jesus. So we don't think about the things that, you know, they might be factual, they might be true, but we're going to trust God's word. We're going to believe the Lord's report. In one of my devotionals this week by Oz Hillman, he confirmed the message and thought that the Lord had given me for today. 
He stated, and I quote, God knows the stubborn heart. He knows that if he is to accomplish his deepest work, he must take us into the desert in order to give us the privilege to be used in his kingdom. In the desert, God changes us and removes things that hinder us. He forces us to know he forces us to draw deep upon his grace. The desert is only a season in our life. When he has accomplished what he wants in our lives in the desert, he will bring us out. He has given us a mission to fulfill that can only be fulfilled after we have spent adequate time in preparation in the desert. Fear not the desert. For it is here you will hear God's voice like never before. It is here you become his bride. It is here you will, you will have uh, the idols of your life removed. It is here you begin uh, to experience the reality of a living God like never before. Unquote. Someone once said, God uses enlarged trials to produce enlarged saints as he can put them in enlarged places. Hallelujah. So, so we're saying, Lord, increase my borders. Enlarge my tent. Hallelujah. God is putting us in a, in a place where he can do those things because now what's in us, he's going to take out. What's in us, we're going to acknowledge it, confess it, ask for forgiveness about it, and keep getting up. James 1, 2, and 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, I'm going to say, Devil, you will not take my happy. You will not take my joy. And nobody else is going to take my happy. And nobody else is going to take my joy. Hallelujah. So we have to get to the point that when we're going through those trials and tribulations, we have to count it all joy. You know, we cannot do that of ourselves. We can only do that by faith. Hallelujah. We can only, but we can only do it by faith, knowing that we're able to do exceeding abundantly. Above that, we would even ask or think according to the power that worketh on the inside of us. So when we're going through these trials, Hey, we have to, we, we, we know that we can come through. Now, while in your holding place, it is insignificant how others identify you. Insignificant. But it is of the utmost importance to know how you are identified in Christ Jesus and who he says you are. When in a dry holding place, the devil will talk to you and says, why are you here? Even he'll tell you, he'll try to run you away from your church. He'll try to tell you to throw in the towel. He'll, probably, he'll try to tell you nobody loves you. No one cares for you. He'll tell you that you're even of little value or of no value. He will tell you all these things in that dry place because he wants you. He, see, all he wants to do is to abort the purpose God has in your life. 
We have to realize that sometimes in this dry place, it's a place that we don't want to be in. But in that place, we have to learn. If we do not learn in that place, we're going to go back. Because in that place, we are being tested. In that place, we, we are being tested. And if we fail the test, don't you know we're going to have to take it over again? Let me tell you, I have failed tests over and over and over and over. But the, but the Lord says, I have you in a holy place this year. And even last year, he says, but I don't want you to take those tests over ever again. Do you hear me? He says, never, ever again. Hallelujah. Never, ever again. You will not take those tests over again. Hallelujah. I don't know what your holding place is. I don't know what yours is, but I know what mine have been. But I know God is able to do exceeding. Hallelujah. Abundantly above that I would even ask or think. You can't be moved by what you see. You can't be moved by how you feel. And you can't be moved by what it looks like. Because yes. even when you're in your holding place and you think you're about ready to come out, the devil will throw something at you to throw you off. See, what he does, he'll bring that same old scheme in a different package with a different ribbon. Hallelujah. And when you begin to untie it and you open the box, the same old mess, but never again. Never again. Never again. Like he says, no, never alone. I'll never leave you, never alone. No, never alone. No, never again. Never alone. Second Corinthians. We have to realize that uh, uh, who God says we are. In God's word, God says that we are a new creation. You are his workmanship, created for good works. You are royalty. Just to name a few. And above all, you are accepted in the beloved. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? An old, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are his workmanship, hallelujah, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk therein. So that means that before you were even conceived in your mother's womb, you were created for God's good works. Hallelujah. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. And 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but ye are what a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, hallelujah, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ha, And Ephesians 1, 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So we have to realize who we are in Christ when we're in that dry place. Because, I mean, I've seen people that have once loved the Lord turn their backs on him because they were in a holding place and in a hard place, and they just walked away from God. There are pastors of churches, there are leaders of churches that have literally turned and thrown in the towels 
because they've listened to what the devil had to tell them. They believe more of what he said than what God said. And we have to believe what God is saying. Now, you know, as I was studying this word, I also discovered that a church can be put in a holding place. A church can be put in a holding place. I was thinking about the uh, uh, Corinthians when he was talking about the gifts of the spirit. And, um, I said, okay, and the gifts of the spirit, the, the importance of the gifts and the importance of the body and the importance of the spirit. You know, Corinthians, the, the people at Corinth were into idols, and, but it was only through the spirit of God that they were able to accept the cross and to accept Jesus. And also it talks about the gifts that he has given all of us. Uh, there are gifts of healing, gifts of faith, you know, gifts of the diverse kinds of tongues and prophecy. But then it also goes on further on, and it talks about the importance of the body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verses 14 through 21. It says, for the body is not one member, but many. And if the ear shall say, because I am the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? It is therefore not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In other words, each of us matter. And I just want you to say, neighbor, you matter. <laughs> now, if your neighbor matters, then you matter. And, and uh, in the gift uh, that is in your neighbors matters just like the gift that's in you matters. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, we see where Paul discusses the gifts Christ gave to the church, the fivefold ministry gifts. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave some, what, apostles? Let's read that together. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried away with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, this is the verse. Let's read this together. Verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So in other words, we see here, we have nurses and practitioners in the room. What, 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 what creates a joint? Ligaments and collinger and bones. You may know that. So here, here's the fivefold ministry gifts each one is just as important as the other. But the only way growth is going to come is when we jointly fit together, compacted, united. And the Bible, I mean, it says that. Then it brings increase in the body. But when part of that fivefold ministry is ignored, not fitly joined together, now the church is lacking. Because what you have to give is what not is not what I have to give. What he has to give is not what I have to give. What overseer has to give is not what I have to give. What Minister Sheila has to give is not what I have to give. But everybody has something to give. But as long as we're not fitly joined together, the church is lacking. The church is lacking. And it will not grow. And, and let, me read this, let me read this in the, um, uh, the living, New Living Translation, Ephesians 4, 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and, the, and, growing and full of love. Isn't that awesome? So we see here that a church can be in a holding place. But I'm here to say today, we're coming out. Today is Restoration's Resurrection Day. Yeah. Not, 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 not only our personal, individual Resurrection Day, but this is going to be our third day. Yeah. Do you accept it? Yeah. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. This is going to be our third day. This is the day that Restoration is going to be resurrected because we're going to jointly compacted, going to fit together. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Hallelujah. We are coming out. We are coming out. Hallelujah. This is our resurrection day. This is your resurrection day. I don't care what you've been through. You're holding place. You're holding place. Whatever it is, today is your resurrection day. This is your resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is your resurrection day. You're coming out, you're coming out. He, 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 he brings us out to brings us in. He, he, hallelujah. He takes us out to bring us in. Hallelujah. We're coming out. We're coming out. I have a mind to Christ, sir. I no, I no longer have a, a, my mind is a battlefield for the devil, but my mind is the mind of Christ. I will no longer, I will no longer allow Satan to come and bombard my mind with thoughts 
bitterness, hatred, resentment, jealousy, strife. No longer. No longer. I walk in love. We walk in love. Hallelujah. Ah, you love about and as I first stated, there are many of us that the Lord have in a holding place. Your holding place could be your singleness, your marriage, your assignment, your education, your health, your finances, your relationships with your family, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your caregiving, and even your grief can be and could have been your holding place. And the list could go on. But the same dunamis power that raised Jesus out of, the hold, out of his holding place is the same power that can raise us up out of our holding place. Whatever your holding place is, your third day uh, could be today. In that holding place, you sometimes feel hopeless and lifeless and, and dead. But I'm here to tell you today, this can be your third day. When that deadness of your holding place can be resurrected life. Romans 8 and 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. If Jesus lives in you, he's going to quicken you. Just like Jesus called forth Lazarus out of his holding place. He can call you out of your holding place and bring life to that dead situation. But Jesus Christ is the resurrection in the life. John 11, 25 through 26 says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Another thing we must keep in mind that the Lord is always with us because he promised never to leave us or to forsake us regardless of where we are in life. Genesis 39, 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph. Oh, yes, he was. Yes. Joseph went through so much, but the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And just like he was with Joseph, he is with us. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as he was with Joseph in, in the jail while in Jesus in Egypt, he was with Paul in Arabia. He was with Moses in the wilderness. And he, he was with David on the run from King Saul. He is surely with us when we are in our holding places and wherever we are. There are three words we must consider when coming out of this wilderness holding place experience. And it all begins with D. The first D is determination. Yes. The act of coming to a decision or of fixing or settling a purpose. And that decision is having the determination you will not have to take that same test over. Knowing that in your patience possess ye your souls. And you've surrendered your will to God's will for your life. And discovered the purpose for which you had to go through your holding place. Because there were things that needed to come out of you.
and us. Two, direction. The act or an instance of directing. Knowing that we must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not lean on our own understanding. He surely will guide us and give us direction by his word. Because his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And this last word, you might not have heard it before. Maybe you have. But it's called delectation. And it means delight and enjoyment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When our purpose is to become God's delight, we are setting ourselves up now to receive the desires of our hearts. What is your holding place? Is this your resurrection day? He can put romance in a marriage. He can resurrect a marriage. He can resurrect your dreams. He can resurrect all your desires. Sometimes your desires, you need to dream, you need to write them down. Write them down. Write them down. Write them down. Sometimes it's our assignment that we are on, but whatever, today is our Resurrection Sunday. The holding place, no more. Not this one. We're going to have future holding places, but it's not going to be for the same test. Every head bow, every eye close. Is there anyone in the name of Jesus? Let's give him praise. Yeah.